This episode of 1801 Live was originally recorded during a 12-hour podcast-a-thon streamed live on August 28th from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. The Give Black Podcast-a-thon benefited U of SC's One Creed, One Carolina campaign, which supports initiatives that elevate and encourage black students, faculty, and staff. Together, our five hosts and over 20 guests helped raise more than $10,000 for the campaign over 12 hours. Find more information on the podcast-a-thon and the link to donate at www.garnetmedia.org slash giveblack. All right, our next guest is on. Are you ready for your last guest? I am excited. Let's do it. Let's get it done. These aesthetic, the pleasing backgrounds. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Doing great. How are y'all? We're oh, doing good. great, Amber. Good to see you. Nice you know, to meet you. Nice to meet you. Y'all have been killing it. Um, I uh, had to put on some makeup and a little game shirt. Get ready for y'all to to match y'all's energy. So excited! Hey. It's been a, it's definitely a, a, a honor. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, and I know we're going to get into it a little bit later. One, you look amazing, but just your background, um, I know I'm talking a little bit about your uh, bio, but I left out the details of your now blog on Instagram and how you do Instagram. And so that's going to be one aspect I want to touch on as well. But let's just start with um, a brief introduction of when you graduated and what you're doing now. Sure. So I graduated from Carolina in 2008. Um, right when the world and economy felt like it was going terribly, uh, I started my career in, um, in print journalism and advertising sales and have been in the advertising marketing, uh, space ever since. So was in Greenville for two years and then Atlanta for five, then, uh, another four and a half years in San Antonio after getting my MBA at the University of Georgia. Um, and now I'm in San Francisco, where I've been for exactly a year working in uh, in the fintech space. So um, startup space, but still in marketing. And oh, that's I'm amazing. A firm. A firm is uh, is the company I met. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I, I first need to know uh, where I can purchase one of them shirts. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, you know, that's pretty. I don't know if there's a link or something or where. Where do we? Where do we where do we find those at? Shannon out on us. Bolden. I don't know. Yeah, Shannon Bolden. Uh, he's uh, he's um, one of the Zeta Zeta Qs. Um, him and his line brothers. They're from Spring 06, I think. But they they started selling these like a couple years ago at Homecoming. So I got it in black and white. But I'm gonna see if I'll let y'all know if they're still uh, uh, making them. This I think yeah, very sign of the times, right? Like you definitely want to represent. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, and I'm uh, Amber curious as to when you think about sort of what you're 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 doing now and sort of what that looks like. I'm curious as to how that how your your journey has been impacted and informed by your your game talk your game talk experience and your time you spent uh, as an as as a student at U of SC. Yeah, for sure. So if I were to take a step back, like I tell everyone that I meet, like. I am a country girl from South Carolina. I was born and raised in South Carolina. Um, Pineville, a very small population in Berkeley County, went to Cross High School, was uh, one of 57 students that graduated in 2004. 
So um, I'm from small town rural America. My mom, single parent, uh, um, social worker, raised my uh, older sister and I right next door to our grandparents' house and um, grew up, you know, picking collard greens in the, in the uh, garden uh, down the dirt road next door. Like, it's just like, and so to live, so when you see like, oh, I lived in Atlanta and lived in San Francisco, um, live in San Francisco, I've been to like 30 different countries, like anybody can do anything if I can come from where I come from, you know, and, and accomplish and what I have and see what I've seen. So I credit a lot of my success to just my upbringing in South Carolina. Um, knowing that my high school was uh, out of 57 people, I'd say like 90% of the school was black. Um, so I chose USC because I, I had an aunt and uncle that also went to Carolina, but um, both of my parents were HBCU grads. One, uh, my mom, Benedict, and my dad, um, South Carolina State. And I was just like, okay, I've had the black experience in high school. I want a more diverse experience. I wanna see people that don't look like me, um, and but also within the budget of a single parent, uh, low-income family. So uh, toward Clemson, toward South Carolina, had scholarship offers at uh, Allen and Benedict and so on, had aspirations of going to, you know, the Howards of the world, but went to Carolina and just fell in love and felt like that was the big city for me. Um, so from the beginning at South Carolina, got super involved, got involved with AAAS Freshman Council. Um, I lived in Patterson Hall my sophomore year. I was an orientation leader. Um, I think it was like 13 or 14 of us. Um, I was a resident advisor in West Quad. West Quad opened my sophomore year, so uh, I was a resident advisor um, in B building um, and, in, and in A building, I want to say the first year. So for two years before I moved off campus, um, stayed in AAAS, was the secretary, then vice president, then president my senior year. Um, Pledge Alpha Kappa Alpha with Theta Gamma. Um, so super involved. And I feel like my best friends today are all Carolina grads. Like I have so many great relationships, um, networking relationships. Um, I credit everything that I've been able to accomplish in the last 12 years to my time in Carolina and my family in South Carolina. That is truly amazing. And I know you threw in uh, Theta Gamma. So of course, I know that is how we are representing, if you guys can tell. But I um, just want to talk a little bit more about your experiences as um, within AAA. Yes. And so you had a lot of roles. And I just wanted to know all that you were able to see in your roles. I know you came back a few years ago. It's actually my freshman year for the 50th anniversary. Um, and so just talking a little bit about your experiences in those roles and how um, and benefited you at the end, but also the things that you were able to do within the roles? Yeah, great question, Hannah. So AAAS is like my pride and joy. Um, it was the first organization I joined at USC. Um, a lot of the mentors and those, whether they were in Theta Gamma or, um, or Zeta Epsilon Kappas, like a lot of the Black leaders on campus were executives in AAAS and so and then also Bond and and Savvy um, and so you immediately had mentors and people to look up to um, and I knew that 
getting involved in AAAS, like I wanted to be that. I, I had I was aspiring to be like them, and then I wanted to be that for other people. Um, so AAAS was like, man, it was the thing. It was the spot to be. Like on Tuesdays at six o'clock, you go to the Russell House Theater, and you're gonna see what's going on. Whether you're being educated about you know, the LGBT community on campus from some other partnering group that of students that's working with us or having someone like Bakari Sellers. I remember we had him come to one of our AAAS events. Um, and I mean, just then he was in law school at USC. He wasn't who he is now, big CNN contributor, author and all of that. Um, I was actually one of his, I, I saw his dad was on earlier, Dr. Sellers. I, I attended his uh, African-American studies class um, while there. Um, so it was great to see him. Um, and we just, like we were the culture, we were the heartbeat of the black voice. Uh, anything that was going on, whether it was like, you know, there's always something racial or something going on. Like for example, um, I think when the queues were gonna get a house, there was like, I don't even remember the name of the website, but there was like this anonymous thing that a lot of people were commenting on saying, oh, well, we're gonna throw um, cotton on the, the front lawn. So when their house opens, they can have a cotton picking party. Like it was like random stuff. It's funny how I like so vividly remember that, but like we wanted to make sure whether, you know, it was through student government or Greek life, like we were going to be the voice of the black community. And um, not only that, I mean, entertainment, I know hip hop hump day, we are out on Green Street on Wednesdays, always have a table always trying to get that $5 for your membership. Um, and then uh, back before my time, we actually owned the Homecoming Step Show, um, as well as AAAS Fashion Show and some other events. Um, and so, yeah, just making sure we kept the legacy alive of, of what AAAS represented. So it was super, it was a huge honor to be asked to come back for the 50th anniversary to be the keynote speaker um, in 2018, um, because the year I graduated in 2008 is when we had the 40th anniversary and we were able to bring back um, the first student body president, uh, Harry Walker. He was our speaker um, for that, um, for our keynote. And we were able to honor um, Ken Price, who was the first AAAS president he had passed away, but we we brought his daughters in and we had them honor, um, them honored. Um, they were able to come with, to, to be present. And then it was so crazy because uh, we had just crossed in spring 07, but some Theta Gamma um, charter members came to the event. So it was just like a full circle moment. And we're in the Russell House, um, we're in the Russell House on the second floor where all of the African-American um, history is displayed. Um, so anyway, all of those memories are warm in my heart. And so a part of the reason I joined, uh, applied and in, in in I'm a part of the Black Alumni Council for um, USC Alumni Association is because like, I still want to give back. I still want to be that mentor and, and make sure that we're um, a speakerphone for those black voices, not just as students, but also as alumni. And Amber, that's awesome because I think about the how you mentioned wanting to be like those uh, those those folks that were in front of you and how they modeled uh, sort of student leadership or or uh, a sort of authentic leadership 
leadership, especially black leadership. And I'm curious about how you're, um, you sort of alluded to it, but how you're, uh, you know, giving back in, in your way now to either young, uh, to, to black women and girls or black people in general, uh, and sort of how you've, how you've tried to do that and be that, that model and that, uh, that, that sort of, sort of servant leader, uh, even in your, your, your personal and professional life now. Yeah, for sure. I think since graduation, it's been very easy to do so specifically with Theta Gamma. Um, you know, we have our NEOs and NEOs have their NEOs and you're always like, you know, if you ever need anything, you want somebody to look at your resume. Um, I think when I was in Atla living in Atlanta, like a lot of folks were trying to come to Atlanta. So it's like, okay, well, like look, go on my LinkedIn, look at my network, see who I can connect you with. Um, that never ends. And I think um, it's, it's, I was putting in the chat on the YouTube earlier uh, when someone was talking, what well, Tim was talking about like petty rivalries between fraternities and sororities and like leaving that in undergrad. And I think that's so true because um, just thinking about like, because there was a lot of drama in undergrad, I'm not gonna lie, um, <laughs> but especially Greek related, but it was, um, it's just full circle now because like you go to homecoming and you're just so excited to see familiar faces and see how they've grown in their career and um, whether you live in the same geographic uh, area or not, like just knowing that you have another black face to count on um, feels so good. And uh, I just know that there are so many people that um, I owe it to, to support just because I know like the people that supported me to get me to where I am. And so, and if you're a Gamecock, all the more reason for me to make sure you succeed um, because you're representing for all of us. Uh, so it's, uh, it's really important to continue those men mentorships. I know USC has the new mentorship hub now um, where you can connect with students. And so I'm active there. Um, but I encourage people, you know, reach out to me on Instagram, LinkedIn, like, let me know how I can help you. Um, because, uh, yeah, your success is all of our success. I definitely uh, love that and agree. I think, I feel like I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost up as being vice president, but it's like almost the second week of school. But all of the time, I've, I've been privileged to interact with alumni, Black alumni, but also just alumni across the spectrum. So I know um, you helped me get in contact with Yvonne Miller, who was uh, the first Black woman to be student body vice president. And she was on 1801 Live's podcast where we got to uh, discuss a few things. But Overall, I'm hearing the emphasis of legacy and understanding who came before you, the history, the work that has been laid out in order to carry it forward. And so I know you mentioned the mentor process, but are there any other outlets or advice you would give to students in order to ensure that we do not forget what has already happened, but just continue the race, if that makes sense? So I know that you mentioned but for example, when there was the 40th anniversary for AAAS, Harry Walker came back and you had just a bunch of rich history within that program. And then the 50th, we got you. But how can we set that standard for all organizations, all events that we do in order to, um, although our, our alumni are amazing, our connections are amazing, but still enhance that for all students? Yeah, I think, hmm, I, I just, I, 
one thing I, that I used to think about was like, man, what do what do students do that go to college and, and don't get involved in anything? Like, what are y'all doing all day? Y'all just go to class? Like, it must have been like super boring, right? Like, to just go work and, cause I mean, I worked a couple of jobs on and off campus. I was involved I, I, as an advertising and school of journalism student, like I still somehow managed to graduate with the 3.5 cum laude, like no idea how, but like even all the drama and the, uh, the challenges, like it taught me so much, like it prepared me so much for like AAAS, I, I feel like the past presidents and those that were involved, um, I feel like they're all leaders in some capacity today and they probably learned like how to deal with politics and navigate um, uh, politics and protocol within an organization. And just there's just so many life skills and I think soft skills that a lot of people in corporate America lack. And I credit all of my, uh, I credit a lot of my involvement in undergrad to I guess giving me a, a boost or, or, or teaching me some of those skills early. Um, and so I would encourage students to look at like, do you feel like, like 10 years from now, when you look back at these four years, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you, what member, what memories do you want to build and look back to and say, yeah, man, that's still my best friend and I'm her. I'm that person's godmother because of this relationship we built in undergrad. Like you want to be able to have those memories to cherish. And um, it, because of that, I feel like even if it's tiring, even if you know, you, you're doing a lot of juggling as a student, like you wanna know that you know, that brick in the ground on the horseshoe or that you're like the uh, hall of honors that's it in the Russell house, like my name's on that. Like if somebody, some random student walks by and looks at it and sees my name, like if they look me up, what do I want them to, to learn about me and know me for? And, um, you know, just the same way we look in black communities talking about building generational wealth, I wanna be able to, to build that type of legacy um, on an academic level, on a collegiate level. And I think it's very important for us um, as leaders in the uh, Black Alumni Council. And I would hope that students today would want to, to instill that same legacy and that have that same importance um, for fellow students in the future. Um, I know we talk a lot about how the black uh, student body, like the makeup has dwindled over the past years. Well, all the more reason now to make sure we're infusing as much energy as possible in those black students that are at USC. So more and more will come, those numbers will go back up. Um, so if I'm not going to be there to help, like I can't complain about it. I, I, wanna, I wanna be the reason why uh, black, students at USC succeed and and continue to grow and and be successful and and Amber I think that's that's awesome because you talked about I'm always a, a huge proponent of I think we have to show students especially students that are in you know seventh eighth ninth tenth grade show them what's possible I'm a I'm a 
uh, a product of what's possible thanks to some students at the University of Michigan that went to my high school when I was in like ninth grade and say, hey, on MOK holiday, like we we invite high school students to campus, the black students and, and you know, hey, come here. And I was like, there are students like me here. And, and you know, there was, they were they were cool. And I was like, this is, this is what's possible. I see it. And you talked about that through via your family and how, how this, how SC was a possibility because of those family connections. And I'm curious as to how you, as you go about your, your professional life, I'm sure probably navigating being one of the, the, the few uh, black women at the, at the table at, at probably many tables. Uh, and, and one of our guests talked about use, utilizing that seat at the table. How do you do that in a way that's authentic to you, that, 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 that has an impact and that matters to you uh, professionally as, you're, as you've bounced around and held, held different jobs and different roles and now find yourself out in, uh, in California? Yeah, so I saw a meme on Instagram the other day that said there's this uh, there's this account called POC in tech, so like people of color in tech, and uh, they regrammed a tweet and it was like, um, you think you can hurt my feelings? Like, I'm non-tech and working in tech, like, and I was just like, amen, and add on to that, like, I'm non-tech working in tech, and I'm a person of color, like, you have to have thick skin, right? You have to be prepared to be the only African-American in the room. Like, I think on, we've got about, at a firm, we've got a, a little under a thousand employees, um, but within the marketing department, I would say it's maybe four, four out of like a hundred um, black people. Um, and yes, we have locations throughout the country, but we are headquartered here in San Francisco. And, um, even San Francisco, it's like maybe 5% Black. San Antonio, where I left, was about 6%. And then Atlanta, of course, is like the Mecca. So that was a huge, uh, that was a huge, you know, culture shock-ish uh, for me. Um, but I think, you know, there's always this thought that you have to be twice as good to get half the credit. And um, I think that's, that's very true. I think, you know, me showing up working from home um, in a sweatshirt and leggings is looked at a little different than maybe some of my peers on Zoom. Like I need to take the time to fill in my eyebrows and um, and, and wear like a, a denim shirt or something and look more alert. Like that's always going to happen, but don't allow that to hold you back. Um, if anything, like be twice as excellent and earn those promotions and and be that person that people look to as a role model like allow that to fuel you um don't allow it to be like a deter like oh i don't want to work in tech because there's not enough black people like no be that black person and be authentically you so they're like man we need more black people in here especially with everything going on in the world right now like they uh, i i feel like the industry really wants to embrace being more diverse. And um, I, I was talking to, to Nika the other day um, and, and some other individuals in, in the DEI space. And I'm like, man, when did it turn to DEI? I feel like somebody like flipped the switch one minute, it's DNI and now it's DEI. But like, like that equity piece is so important. And it's, um, and I think it's important to like not be so caught up in, oh, is there a seat at the table for me? Or is if there is a seat at the table, like there's only one seat, like I can only be the black person because that's a whole nother conversation um, for some people's approach. But knowing that, you know, 
you're enough. If you're there, you're qualified and like do, do your best, do your thing, be authentically you and um, everything that's meant for you will be yours. And then for the last questions, I know we're almost um, sadly wrapping up, but I, I know you already donated to the One Create One Carolina campaign. So thank you so, so, so much for your donation. But if yeah. you could speak to a little bit about why it's important for us to have these campaigns and continue these campaigns in order to uplift programs that help marginalized communities. Today, it's the Black community, but for so on and so forth, continuing to just overall uplift marginalized communities through our programming and resources. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, Julian and, and Hannah, thank you all again for being here. Thank you all for doing this. I think it's so important to elevate these voices, especially of alumni that are across the country. Um, it's important to donate because I think of myself like little country black girl in South Carolina, you know, household income's about $30,000. Probably, you know, all of her, her, a lot of her family went to college, so it didn't seem like an option, but, but still it was, I, I, I'm a big, I'm, I'm, this is a discussion for another day. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big um, proponent and very passionate about personal finance. So I've, I've paid off my student loan debt already, but there's a lot of people that are buried in debt or could go to college without being buried in debt. And the more scholarships, the more grants, the more opportunities, internships, fellowships, all of that they can have, the closer they can be to being educated uh, at the University of South Carolina and have their career and achievements come true. And so every single dollar, um, I know that every dollar mattered when I was 18 years old, uh, walking on campus, um, going into my senior year, not knowing like, okay, do I need to get another student loan or can I figure out how to write this essay and get this other scholarship? Like take that burden off one student um, by donating today. No, no, uh, no dollar amount is too small. And just know that um, you're, you're, you're investing in some quality students that are gonna make a big difference in this world in the name of Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, that's, I think that's the, the you, you summed it up tremendously, uh, Amber, and I'm, I'm thankful for Hannah for putting this together and thankful for this. I mean, this is a, like the orientation to the university. Like you were right, <laughs> Hannah, like this is well better way to, 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 to dive into a community and then talking to some of the folks that are have gone through it and are doing some amazing things. So uh, we're glad to, uh, to, to have the time to speak to you. And then I wanted to think about, as I think about sort of this, this match of opera, opportunity, you know, figuring out a way, even if it's via distance, to connect you and even some of the guests that we've had with some of our aspiring students, whether they be in the state of South Carolina or, or more broadly, to see like, hey, not only is this, can you make it here, but, you know, you have community, there's an alumni base that cares, that loves this place, uh, and that you're sort of following in the footsteps of, of some great folks as we all are in our own way. So this has been uh, extremely uh, beneficial, thankful, and, and glad uh, that you were able to join us. Amber, this is great. Absolutely. And if I could plug, because uh, BAC is going to be upset with me. Go ahead. 
Yep, yeah, all the plugs. Shout them out, shout them out. Richard, if you are donating, we would love for you to contribute to the Richard Teagler Inner Scholarship. Um, that is uh, a huge, um, a, a, a huge cause that we uh, is very passionate to us, and um, we're excited about the Richard T. Greener um, event that we'll be having during Homecoming Week. Um, no, it'll be virtual, of course, but we hope to see you all there. And uh, again, every dollar counts. So thank you for contributing. Thank you so, so much, Amber. And it's always a pleasure to talk with you, but especially during this day on this important day. Uh, so thank you for everything. Yes, thank you, Hannah. Nice to meet you, Julian. Y'all have a great weekend. You too. Thanks, Amber. Thanks. Bye. Bye.